The text for the sermon for this day is taken from that gospel lesson. We'll read it again. It says, On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And they went, and as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In this little, this account, which one do you think most of us would most readily identify with? Now, we're probably not going to identify with Jesus, because, granted, there we're to imitate Jesus, but we are still not, we're not God. So the question is really between the two, between that group of ten. Are we more like the nine that did not come back? Or are we more like the one who did? And I think really the answer is, depends on the day of the week. The reality is at times we are one, actually at this moment, the fact that you're here, that makes you like the one. But very, very often we are the nine, not coming back to give thanks. Because the reality is, in our lives, if I were to sit here, if I were to go up to ask every one of you, can you tell me about something that is frustrating you? Something that you're really irritated or angry about. I'll bet you most of you will be able to come up with an answer just like that. No problem. But when you, but how, and the reason is, it's because we're always thinking about it. We're always talking about it. How often do we see people get worked up about the things that they're thankful for? How often do we get worked up over things we're irritated about? How many of you know people that get worked up just watching the news? And I'm sure it's rarely about the really good thing. Sadly, it might be for some of you that the Packers beat the Vikings this week. So, I could take it. (laughs) But we give, but to give thanks, it doesn't come so natural to us. We want to think about the bad. We want to think about what isn't working in our lives. But to think about the good things that God gave us, we're not so ready. So I want you to consider, in case you don't know, in our hymnal we have the small catechism. Page 322 is the the creed. Look just at the first article. In the meaning it says, I believe that God has made me and all creatures, 
that He has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. So look around this church. Look at the altar. Look at the baptismal font. Look at the banners. Look at the, the setup for the Thanksgiving, the candle. Look at the stained glass windows. Look at the fact that you're able to look at the hymnal. Look at your, your family. If it weren't for the fact that you have eyes, you could not cherish that sight. Think of the hymns that we were singing. Think of the music that you might have been listening to on the way here. Think about the... Raise your hand if you like Christmas music. Some of, how many of you are already counting down till December 26th? <laughs> no, you don't have to raise your hand for that. <laughs> but, but this time of the year, you're going to start to hear Christmas music. Beautiful, such wonderful music for over a month and... Sometimes more than that, because I know some started on November 1st. Think about the times when you get to hear people say, thank you. Give you words of encouragement. Think of that time when a child or a spouse or a parent just said, I love you. Or I'm proud of you. It's because of the ears that God gave you that you could hear those words. Think about tomorrow, or if you're in my case, yesterday. Think of that meal, that big Thanksgiving feast, that big turkey, and you'll, the mashed potatoes and the pumpkin pie. And think about that aroma that's coming in through your, your nose. Think about the taste that's going to come with it. The food itself. All of it. A gift of God. Now, I know there are people that don't have all of those things. But they have at least some of it, typically. Raise your hand if you have a hand. <laughs> I'm nice enough not to go the other way around. That would be really weird. But the fact that you have a hand, that you can, you can grasp at something, you can, you can hold on to a steering wheel, that... You can hold on to the hymnal that you can hold hands with somebody you love. That is a gift of God. As I look at it, all, all of us have clothes. None of us had to come, you know, in our, in our birthday suit. Because we have clothing. We have, a, we have a roof over our heads. We have heat. There are so many blessings that we have from God that we just don't easily think about. But they're all over the place. It says here in the last paragraph, He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. Again, the fact that we are here, I don't think we have any clue how many times God has protected us from something bad. I think of just a little small example this past Friday uh, with the youth group. With our, when we went down to Iowa District West Youth Gathering, 
In case you did not know, there was a little bit of snow that we had, in case you fell asleep during that, that storm. We drove down, we were driving down to Des Moines, and we left just as the snow was starting, but I was on white, and as I was getting to Highway 18, I hit the brakes that it kind of just slid right through the highway. Fortunately, there was not a, and by the way, I knew there was no traffic coming, so otherwise I would have figured out a way to avoid it. But I looked, there was no car going east from the east or the west, and we just went right across into that gravel road across, across 18. When we got there and we started to turn around, we looked and then there was a semi coming by. And I could not help but think, what if I was there 10 minutes earlier? And even more than that, when we took down that highway, we saw a jackknife semi right in front of, um, right in front of Everly. We probably would have been right in the midst of that accident, because I know that accident just happened. There was lights still on, the tr semi was still trying to figure out a way to get himself out. God was protecting us. He protected all of us. I was amazed to see people from Rock Rapids coming. They had the worst, they had the biggest snowfall in the state, I think. So God protects us in ways that we cannot even begin to imagine. But how much of it do we give thanks for? I'd say more often we, don't, we just don't give any thought to it. Or even more, we might say, this isn't good enough, I want better. I want more. This isn't enough. Think of in a few months, in a few weeks, we'll be having Christmas. You remember back to when you were a kid, or maybe you don't have to remember that far back, and you got your Christmas presents. If you said to your parents, I don't like it, what would they say? They'll pro if your parents were any like mine, they'd, be, they'd probably say, well, that's great that you're not going to get anything. That's how we treat God. He gives us gifts far greater than any Christmas gift. Contrary to those Best Buy ads where it's saying win the season, which just bugs me, because then it becomes the giving of the gift to your family is all about what you can get out of it. Then you're not really giving. But in spite of that, God is the one that gave you the best gift. He's the one that's always winning Christmas. There is nothing you could give that's better than he can, than you can. I mean, there's nothing you can give that is better than what he's given. And yet we do not have the gratefulness. I mean, for this area, from what I've heard, correct me if I'm wrong, this is one of the best um, harvests that you've had in years, if not ever I've even heard. Is that accurate? At least that's what I've been hearing. Our churches should be, every church in this area, tonight or tomorrow morning, should be filled to the brim. Because no other part, out of all of the vocations, all the callings that God gives us, is there a job that is most, that is more dependent upon God than being a farmer? As I said before, you don't get to choose when it rains. You don't get to choose how much sunlight you get. 
You don't get to choose when the winter ends or when it starts. There is a lot that you cannot, you have no control over. Unless you become a mutant and you learn to control storms. Beyond that, you're in trouble. You have to depend upon God. And so when you have a harvest like this, the natural consequence is to give thanks. To be singing praise to our God. But very often we don't. We live in a nation that is incredibly wealthy. We are the wealthiest nation on the planet. And yet the church attendance is falling fast all across this country. Now if you were God, what would your reaction be to that? To the ungratefulness? By rights... He should say, enough with you. You're not grateful for what I've given you? Fine, you don't get any of it. And just cast us out. And for God to cast us out is to go to the place of his angels, Lucifer, the ones that have fallen. To fall in a place that is not pleasant, where none of these blessings are to be found. Where God is completely absent. Where the unbeliever gets his wish. We want people want so badly to keep away from God. If we work, if we stick to it long enough, God eventually does say, Fine, have it your way. As C.S. Lewis once said, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are those to whom say to God, Thy will be done. There are those to whom God says, Thy will be done. Which one are we? Well, the fact you're here, I'm guessing, is that first one. But we still struggle to give thanks. And so our God looks at us in our nature and looks at the fact that not only are we not grateful, the things that we have we don't treat it respectfully. We don't honor it. How many things do we watch with our eyes that we shouldn't be? How many conversations do we listen into when we know we should shut our ears off? How many times do you hear somebody saying something and you should speak up and you don't say anything? How often do we dishonor our bodies in many and various ways? And yet our God doesn't destroy us. He doesn't say enough with you. He sends His Son. He sends His Son to be born of human flesh. Of what we are preparing for the celebration of in a few weeks. And His Son endures incredible suffering. And He is crucified for you. He rises from the dead for you. He conquers sin for you. He conquers death, hell, everything for you. There's nothing, there is nothing that you have to fear because of what Christ has done. That He claimed you. That He made you, your, you His child. 
And he gave, so he gave you the waters of baptism to deliver those means. He gives you his word that you may hear it, that you may feast on it. He gives you his sacrament. He gives you himself in the Lord's Supper. That is not just bread and wine. That is Jesus himself in, with, and under the bread and wine given to you for the forgiveness of sins. It's an incredible gift that is beyond our understanding. In fact, do you know what? Do you know what the Roman Catholics call that, that meal? The Eucharist, which in Greek means to give thanks. That is the greatest Thanksgiving meal that you're going to get all weekend. I don't care how good grandma's uh, turkey or your turkey may be. That is greater. Because it gives life. It gives salvation. It is there that you can meet and gather around those who have died long ago. You are surrounded by the community of Christ, the community of saints, the community of the church. These are things that we should be giving thanks for. And always celebrating every opportunity that comes our way. And the thing that's amazing is that even when we become ungrateful about those gifts, even when we neglect it, even when we take it for granted, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ still forgives, still gives you grace. Because when you become a Christian, you do not stop sinning. I wish it were the case, but we don't. Christians still struggle with sin. That's why we need to hear the gospel, that Jesus died for us. As John Piper, who's a pastor in Minneapolis, and I don't agree with everything he says, but he's a, he's a Baptist minister, but he has a wonderful little thing he just simply says. It's this is the simple point. You never, you never, ever, 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 ever outrun your need for the gospel. You never outrun your need to hear that Jesus Christ died for you. There's never a point that is no longer for you. It's always for you. That's why every morning we wake up and say, Luther recommends to say, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Knowing that no matter what happens in this world, whether it be death, sickness, the threats of the devil, you are baptized into Christ. For that this day, this week, this life, give thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Please stand.